Well, in the earlier part of this uh, 15 minutes, we were talking about, of this half hour, we were talking about a new program that will teach uh, high school students across the country, or the teachers will teach high school students across the country how to recognize and reverse the effects of an opioid overdose, or at least try to, uh, either by calling 911 or using naloxone uh, and so on. And this was actually asked for. Uh, teachers said that students wanted that this is part of sort of CPR and defibrillator training that's already given uh, by the, the ACT Foundation. Uh, and uh, suddenly teachers and students were asking to know more about opioid overdoses, how to treat them, how to recognize them, and again, how to provo- provide naloxone training or treatment training programs, which they will be doing. So it started off in Ottawa. It'll now come to Ontario, Alberta, BC, and so forth, Quebec. Um, and it's an interesting initiative. Joining me now is Leslie McBain. She's the co-founder and director of Mums Stop the Harm an advocacy group of thousands of moms across the country who have lost children uh, to toxic drugs. Thanks so much for your time again tonight, Leslie. Hi, thanks for inviting me. So this sounds like, this sounds like a really nice idea. And I was just curious, but I was actually interested that so many high school students had asked for this. They wanted to, to know more. I guess it just reflects how, how much of a, of, a, of a crisis it is and how much kids are aware of it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I've had the privilege of speaking to high school students and actually middle school students about drug safety over the last few years. And they are always interested because it, it's around them. Some of them have lost friends or relatives. Um, and also it's just interesting to them, you know, sim- simple as that. But this program just uh, makes so much sense because I and we, Mumps Up the Harm, feel that the younger generation is really going to be are going to be the the soldiers here, you know, the people who are able to turn the tide and and help folks who 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 are using drugs. I, I guess one of the I was surprised to read yet again that Canadians, young Canadians between eighteen and twenty four, were the fastest growing population requiring hospital care because of suspected opioid overdoses. What's happening? Well, I think what's happening is um, a function mostly of the toxic drug supply. Um, kids have been experimenting since for ages, right? For since they're, since they could, and um, that experimenting used to be fairly fairly safe. You know, if it was pot or if it was alcohol, or um, even way back in the '60s and '70s, there were psychedelic drugs. They didn't kill you. Uh, now, kids are still. This is my opinion. I, I don't know if the statistics bear this out, but this is what makes sense to us: is that kids are still wanting to try things, to experiment, but now it's, it can be deadly. So I think that's one, one issue. I think another issue has been, as we've all talked about COVID and the isolation involved and, you know, so many, so many factors. So I think it's not a simple question to answer. Yeah, I, I imagine there are a lot of factors just where you, where drugs are purchased as well. Obviously, there's stuff online and so on. It's gotten it's changed a lot over the years. Where do you think it helps that um, younger folks, students, uh, high school students specifically, will be able to recognize uh, an overdose and know what to do if they see the telltale signs? Mm-hmm. Well, that in particular will they will potentially be able to save a life and there's nothing more important than that so that is you know number one but there's there's so many levels of good things around this training and um, certainly awareness of the toxic drugs that are out there Um, but also kids learn to when they when they have the sort of empower they're empowered with a naloxone kit um, they also 
watch others. You know, I, I've, I've usually say in the high school, if you're at a gathering, if you're at a party or the beach or a bonfire or whatever, keep your, keep your eyes out for somebody who might be in trouble. And you can help them with this. And I think it just helps them with compassion and with sort of the, um, you know, like I say, it empowers them to, to be compassionate, to, to look out for others. Um, so there's that, and I really think, <clears throat> excuse me, that the um, the kit itself is an awareness tool. So, so you know, if questions are going to be asked at school from other kids, maybe who haven't taken the training, then the the student that's trained would be able to answer and and just spread awareness. I think it's a great thing. It really does lay bare to the fact that this is uh, that this crisis has now permeated so many different levels, groups of people, different from different backgrounds, different cities, rural, urban. Uh, you know, we we often thought of the opioid crisis in the early days uh, erroneously as somehow being a street drug problem, but but it's much more than that, isn't it? Yes. Um, in fact, I'm glad you brought that up because the people that we see uh, who who use drugs are often the most vulnerable and marginalized people, uh, people who don't have homes, people who have mental health issues and so on, and they're self-medicating. So that has been traditionally our vision of people who use drugs. But the fact is that when you look at the statistics, most of the people who are dying are have homes, have jobs. Uh, they are, you know, my kids, your kids, everybody's friends or relatives, it can be anyone from any culture, from any socioeconomic strata. So I think uh, that is something that needs to be known. And again, kids are, kids are great ambassadors. You know, when they get enthusiastic about something, uh, they, they're very good ambassadors. And I think around stigma of drug use, I think they'll be great. Yeah, what would you say to parents who may look at this and think, oh, you know, this is, this is, you know, because often in, in the past when it comes to things that are prohibited, uh, mm-hmm. to I know, I know we're talking, we've talked about decriminalization recently, but when it comes to prohibited stuff, uh, often there is a tendency for parents sometimes to want to just not talk about it, uh, better off not talking about something like drug use. Uh, you get the impression that this sort of program really, really flies in the face of that and says, listen, there is a problem out there and let's recognize it as such. Exactly. Um, I, I've also told the kids, um, or I've asked the kids, how many, how many of you in this room have had the conversation with your parents about illicit drugs and the dangers? You know, maybe four out of 20 or 25 will raise their hands. And I said, well, now you can go talk to your parents. You can start the conversation and tell them what you know. And so, uh, as I said, the ripple effect is, is fantastic. And I think parents who might be fearful of this program for some reason may learn a lot and may may hopefully change their minds and know that this is not dangerous. This is actually going to uh, really going to improve the lives of, of people who use drugs and, and for the kids too. So I think, I think parents will learn. Just four put up their hands. I mean, I, that's not surprising. I, I think oftentimes I parent, par- parents don't really know what's happening with this toxic drug crisis, although it seems to have hit everyone by some degree of separation at some point. Uh, how do you have that conversation with your kids? Uh, you mean uh, as far as parents? Yeah, just uh, parents or children. How do children approach their parents or how do you broach the subject, I guess, is, is the question. That's a good, that is a good question. And it depends on the family, of course. Um, and everybody wants to say, stay safe. It is, it is a little bit of a scary subject somehow because parents don't want their kids to experiment with drugs, of course. And, um, kids don't want their parents to be fearful, uh, 
but the the open communications can do such a such a good job of first of all or first of all information but also of connecting kids with their parents and it's an it's, that's an age where you're trying to sort of separate from your parents but having conversations like this on both sides just exchanging knowledge no blame no shame no anger just just the facts you know it's uh, it can't be a bad thing so i think it helps it helps uh, everyone to understand a little better what's going on out in the world it is it is a scary thing I knew nothing it when is. my son was taking drugs, and I knew nothing about drug use or addiction or the dangers. Um, so I just uh, hope that parents can open their minds and, and to learn about this. Yeah, it's always been such a taboo subject. Um, back when you first started Mums Without uh, Mums Stop the Harm, would you ever have imagined that there would be a time where high school students in this country were clamoring to find out more? No. No, I would have never imagined that. I, I, I'm just so delighted that this is happening. And it just, um, it speaks to, I think we, we don't give kids enough credit. And it speaks to their own um, inborn sort of sense of what's right and compassion and so on and so forth. Also, though, that somewhere 26 to 27,000 people have died in this country in the last six years. And it, it touches, as I think you mentioned, it touches everyone. So in a class I had, two kids had lost their uncles. Um, and, you know, they had never talked about it. And they never talked about it to their friends, but they talked about it in this class. So I think the more, you know, the more critical this, this tragedy becomes, the more, the more people it touches and, and the more people who, who want to do something about it. Well, I guess in some senses, Leslie, it must, it must feel gratifying, at least in some senses, that the work that you've been doing for so long has also, in raising awareness, has also started, is, continues to pay off. Yes, absolutely. It makes us, um, you know, very proud of this, of the people in our, the members in our organization. There's so many advocates out there, so many people um, helping awareness and, and just doing good work that, uh, yeah, feels very good. Right. I guess I guess some of this training, certainly for, for moms in your group, this, this kind of training may have saved a life here and there, just being able to recognize what was happening, being able to know what to do. There are many. Uh, I, you know, I have never counted up. Of, we have got so many members who are family or moms or dads who say if, if we'd only had naloxone or if somebody in the, in the crowd had had naloxone, my son or daughter would be alive. That's a very, very sad statement but this is a this is definitely a step in the right direction leslie mcbain thanks so much for your time tonight as always oh you're so welcome thanks